The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Dr. Drayvon James and this is Everyday Peace. I am super excited to be here with you today as we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. My goodness, can you even imagine living your life in that place of peace every day? Well, I'm here to tell you that yes, everyday peace is possible. Yes, you deserve everyday peace. And yes, you can have everyday peace. We work together on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. Now, if you missed last week's interviews, you missed a great show. You missed Anthony Teresi. He is the author of the book, Rippling Waves, A Spiritual Journey Through the Heart of the Universe. He was dynamic. And he shared with us how we all have the ability to get answers from the universe. So please um, avail yourself to listening to that uh, interview. You also missed Lori Spagna. Lori Spagna is a best-selling author, a speaker, and a spiritual catalyst who guided us through the process of what it means to activate dormant DNA. Now, DNA has been in the news a lot over the last couple of years, but there is a portion of our DNA which can help fulfill, um, help us to fulfill our greater purpose in life. And we have the ability to activate that. So you can access that, the interview as well as our whole library of interviews by um, subscribing to the Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, or you can listen on the unityonlineradio.org website. Another great place to access information about Dr. Drayvon James and the Everyday Peace Show is to visit our website, our new and improved website. So if you've seen it before, you haven't seen it because it's new and improved. I invite you to visit it again. It's drdravonjames.com. The website includes words of wisdom, encouragement, uh, and encouragement tips uh, on how to live a more satisfying journey. Uh, it also has excerpts from my book and contact information uh, where you can get and you can get free courses there. Uh, we have two, three great free courses up on the site now. So please head over there, Dr. Drayvon James, avail yourself to all that the site has to offer. You will not be sorry. It's chock full of information that you will find useful as you plan to embrace life and live it to the fullest. Now our anthem for 2021 has been, what are we waiting for? 
and we're we're in, uh, coming to the home stretch of the year, so you know the answer for that. We are everyday peacemakers. We are not waiting for anything because we know that now is the day to take action on building the life of our dreams. And we bring on wonderful guests to help us do that. Today, we have a wonderful guest with us today, which is gonna be providing information on how to have more deeper, more meaningful relationships with our teens. So that's important. But before we get to that, we're gonna stop by our everyday peace moment. And I'm gonna share with you that life is full of uncertainties. We know that. That's been a complaint. People say, oh my gosh, you know, we're living in such uncertain times. But there's one thing we can be absolutely certain about. And that is that there will be conflict. Conflict is inevitable, right? Internal conflict, external conflict, it's everywhere. There is opposing viewpoints, values and needs that occur all day long in life. And if you are part of the Everyday Peace Tribe, you know that we believe in using everything that shows up in our lives, the good, the bad, and everything in between. Yes, that includes conflict in order to get to our desired goal in life. So we use everything as a stepping stone to get to that desired goal in life. When conflict shows up, we use it. So I encourage you, don't let conflict keep you from reaching your goals. We are doing a free, absolutely free masterclass this Thursday on just that mastering confrontation because I know that confrontation, conflict has prevented so many people from reaching their relationship goals, more deeper, meaningful relationships. I know that people have let conflict block them from reaching their next level of income, the goals that they have to build wealth, to leave a legacy for their family. Well, no more. It's over. We are taking the bull by the horn and we are talking about and mastering confrontation. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in hearing more about, please join us for an absolutely free masterclass this Thursday entitled Mastering Confrontation. You can um, sign up and register for it by just by visiting my website, drdravonjames.com, or by going to our Facebook page, Everyday Peace on Facebook. So I invite you to attend that conference with us, that, that uh, masterclass, so that you will stop letting conflict or confrontations get you all tripped up and, and stagnated and prevent you from reaching your next level of greatness. So our guest today is Lakita Carroll, and I said it wrong again. I just, <laughs> this tongue of mine has a mind of its own. Ms. Carol, I'm going to let you say your first name again for us properly, but I want to just say that she was with us before. We, when we bring a guest back, it's because one, they're incredible, and two, I get requests. I want to hear more about the teens and conflict, so that's what we're doing right now. She brings over 20 years of experience in therapeutic mental health coaching. She brings her expertise to our show in helping parents rebuild relationships with their teenagers. So very important. Welcome to the show. Thank you, and you said my name perfectly. Lakita is perfect. You did a great job. <laughs> patting myself on the back. <laughs> okay. well, I am so excited for this conversation because I know um, how important it is to have relationships with anybody, but those members of our families, those special members of our families, our teenagers, the next generation, mm -hmm. right? We're teaching and modeling by our actions and our words. And so 
we really want to get this right. I think most mm -hmm. parents would agree, we want to get this right, but it can be so challenging at times. So thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, the work you do is so very important. Thank you for taking time to be here with us today to share and give us tips on how we can get better in this area. So I am very happy to be here. Very grateful oh. for the offer that you extended me. Oh, you're welcome. So let, let's just start a, a little bit. I know you're a returning guest, but we have new listeners. Let's just start a little bit with giving us just a little background on how you got involved, how this became your passion working with this segment of our population. Well, you know, I um, found that a lot of people would say, I really don't like teenagers, but I've always loved teenagers. Uh, they come with their own challenges. They have their own little minds. And um, they, you know, they kind of opened my mind up. You know, they, they, each generation has its own uh, words that they say, their own slang. And I remember sitting once and seeing um, young men freestyling, rapping, freestyling. It's just so awesome. You know, we, we stand on the side and we hear all of the um, cussing, older people hearing the cussing, et cetera. But these young people were able to, cut out all the cuss words for me. They said, we cut those cuss words out for you, Ms. Carol, and yet make this stuff up as they went along and to the beat. So it's really fascinating. Um, and I think that's when I started working with young people. Um, teenagers just stood out to me and, and uh, seemed to me like I liked the ones that had the most challenging behaviors the best. And those were my most favorite <laughs> young people. So I, that's where it was came from, just, just recognizing how intelligent they are. And it's really sad that parents don't see things through that lens like that. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's, you just you hit on a couple of things which speaks to having an open mind, right? When we close down our mind, we miss out on a lot of beauty because that freestyling, as you say, is very, very difficult to do to come mm -hmm. up with those lyrics and the content off the top of their head and, yes. and not only come, come up with off the top of their head, but do it to a beat, to stay in rhyme and rhythm with a beat mm -hmm. that is that is going, that they may not have heard the beat before either. So I, I always say that I'm fascinated by that. I have a teenager and he used to challenge me, uh, rap challenges <laughs> all the time. And he'd, he'd give me a topic and say, okay, mom, go. <laughs> It's pretty fun. It can be pretty fun to, and and one would stop, and the next person will pick up on the next beat. If there was no eye signals or hand signals or rehearsals, I just asked on the. I just said, "Hey, can you guys freestyle?" And they said yes, and went ahead and did, and I was very very impressed with that. So. So that's the first thing. The first thing I would say to every parent, if you want a better relationship with your teenagers, the first thing you want to do is see the beauty in your teenager. Now, that's kind of hard because we're always looking about looking at how they're not cleaning up their rooms or their grades or whatever it is we don't like. We tend to focus on that, and we get stuck right there. And we, if we're not careful, they will pass through those teenage years so quickly, and we will get stuck with a um, a young adult who is estranged from us, whom we do not know, whom we have no connection with, because we have spent so much time just thinking all about discipline, disciplining, and 
uh, being a disciplinarian. That's, that's what most people think about when they have teenagers. And, of course, you know, keeping them safe. But we're not really thinking the simple, simple things that can actually bring you so much closer and make your job as a parent a lot easier, a lot easier. I I love that, Um, seeing the beauty in your teenager. And I think a lot of times for parents, right, that a lot of what we do is fear-based, right? Mm -hmm. We're so afraid you're getting to that age where, um, you or your mistakes are not cute anymore, right? And people are seeing <laughs> you as an adult, right? And mm-hmm. then, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just maybe talking about some of the things that I went through as, as, a, as a mom and thinking to myself, well, uh, I, you know, I see you as always mommy's baby, but the world sees you differently and really mm-hmm. trying to, you know, so that's sort of parenting out of fear. and We don't want to do that, do we? No, you don't. And here's the thing with that too, Javon. If you are really um, busy living out of fear, then you're absolutely transferring that fear to your young people. But you're not communicating clearly, so they don't know what that fear is. They don't know if that stuff you are experiencing as fear, which actually most of the time comes out as anger, as frustration, as irritation. They don't recognize that it's actually fear for their safety. And um, and it's actual genuine care. So they don't, but they're not experiencing that. They're experiencing what you're saying to them is this. I don't trust you. You're not competent. You're incapable. That's what they hear, but that's not the message you intend to send them. But it is what they hear. Wow. I don't, so the message is, I don't trust you. You're incapable. Wow. And that makes yeah. sense, right? Because they're only able to hear based on the ex- life experience that they've had. They've only lived 15, 16 years. So right. they're not able to take this information. And even I, w- I would say that adults do that too. You know, we internalize mm-hmm. things and make it, and sometimes our boss will say something and we don't hear, oh, if we continue doing it this way, that the company's in danger of not staying open. We hear, oh, you're attacking me. You think Mm -hmm. that I'm not good enough. So we hear that way. I would challenge most adults to look at that and really dig deep because we hear that too, that this is a personal attack against me, against my Mm -hmm. abilities, against my professionalism. I'm not Mm -hmm. like, I'm not wanted. Instead of hearing, oh, this action or the lack of this endangers the longevity of our company. And so we're, we're asking you to make a change for the safety of the company, for the longevity of the company. So that I love that that you're saying that the teenager hears, I don't trust you. You're incapable. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. And then what does that do to what they think about themselves? Because you are giving them who they are. You're saying to them in your day-to-day conversation, you're telling them who they are. And so these messages are given and they are misconstrued, misunderstood, and really most of the time never corrected. Then the uh, teenager is going into adulthood with these thoughts about themselves and these ideals about the ideas about themselves that may not be true. So, you know, you have to learn to twist that up when we speak to the beauty of the child. So when we say to the child or teenager, when we're saying to them, you know, I like the way you did this 
to take your picture. If you're driving with them and they do something right, you're doing a really good job of slowing down at the stop signs. You know, um, they may not, it may not seem like this stuff is important, but if you're giving them 50 messages a week and 40 of those messages are saying, well, you know, you're really not good at school, you're not very good at, um, you know, track, or you, if you're giving them messages that are not uh, positive and a lot of times being honest, mostly negative, then uh, 40 out of 50 times a week, how are you offsetting that? How, what, where, where are those times where you say, hey, you know, this is, I said this to her, she seemed hurt, but she seemed to have bounced back, so I'm not going to really address it again. I think that's a mistake. I think it's important oh. to go back and address it. I think if you're angry because that boss said something to you, the young people know it, they understand it, but they also, you're it. You're the person who says to them and, and that they know and have known most of them, all of their lives, you are it. And if you're saying stuff consistently that is negative and putting young people down, then you are making your own life more difficult. You're making it harder for yourself. Oh, wow. And I want to stay with this for just a little bit because I know that, and I use the word guilty here, parents. I'm a parent too, so I, I lump myself into this category. Many of us are, are guilty of uh, unintentionally uh, doing what you just said here, giving the message of, I don't trust you, you're not, you're incapable. And and that is because of the constant, what a, ch a child would say, a constant nagging or the constant asking questions. You know, I was a question parent. Oh, why this? Oh, why, why that? Right. And mm -hmm. I know sometimes those questions were, were just met with total exasperation. I can't take another question, mom. But is, do you think, and this just popped in my head, would it be beneficial to say, hey, I'm concerned. What I see is this. And what I'm concerned mm -hmm. about is this. What, can mm -hmm. you help me with this? Is, is it, 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 it would that be beneficial? What I see and what I'm concerned about, like formatting that way, is that something that a teenage brain could say? Oh, well, this is more love than it is I criticism. Do, I, I do believe that if we explain to young people, you know what, it's it is scary out there. You know, there are young people. Actually, I remember hearing about, you know, uh, sex slavery and people being abducted, that is so real. <laughs> this is a real thing that is actually happening and stuff. And then we have to, I'm going to go back a little bit before your question, too, because I want to address this. When we're coming from fear-based, a lot of that is our own personal fear. It's, it's our stuff that we have been holding on to from childhood, maybe our own childhood trauma that is getting in the way of parenting or you know, our own inability that we had as a teenager. And so our own stage fright that wants to keep our child out of acting or hold them back from certain things. So we have our own fears, and I think we have to separate that stuff out. We have to start saying, what is my fear? And is it real? You know, for example, um, people do rock climbing, and rock climbing is dangerous. But if I'm afraid of heights and can't go up five feet, then I'm probably going to keep my child with their feet flat on the ground. And maybe they want to be, an, you know, a pilot and fly airplanes or who knows what they want to do. But our fears shouldn't hold them back. 
I agree 100%. So we come into this world and we as parents were parented and that, and as a result, um, we have some fears, either that we picked up along the way as children or that we um, sort of picked up along the way during our adulthood. How, mm-hmm. what is it that, is there something we can do to, uh, I'm going to use this term because I use it a lot with myself, to parent myself so that <laughs> we can be better parents of our children? You know, I think, you know, one of the things you have to do is become aware of your own stuff. I remember uh, thinking about my daughter. I had two different instances. Once I was thinking about her, she was in college, and I was thinking about her, and and what I was thinking was that she was, um, I could see in my mind her when she was a little girl, and she had that little ponytail, a little tuft of ponytail walking around the table. She had to be about 18 months old. So here she is, out of 19 or 18, 19, somewhere up in there, and I still had the image of her being this little infant, this tiny little kid. And I had to jolt myself out of that because that is not what she was. She, I have to see her as she is. And then you have to begin to think about, well, why am I worried? Is this a valid fear? And, and if you have had some serious stuff happens, it is time to get rid of it. It's not good to carry, you know, um, your baggage around. So whatever, by whichever way uh, you need to get yourself straight, whether it's through therapy or whether it's through reading self-help books or, you know, whatever it is, it's worth the time and effort so that you won't, you know, by nature, young people, they want to try things. They want to experience stuff. They want to go places. And if our answer is no, no, no all the time, it's either going to alienate them, push them away from us, or we're going to create them the fear that we have within ourselves. And then they lose that. They, they become what we are, stuck, stifled, held back, not reaching the goals that we want. And we put that into them too. Wow. And I just want to say that you, we have a caller on the line, so I'm going to say this and get to our caller right away. But I remember reading a parenting book when I was um, carrying my daughter and she's 21 now, but I remember in that parenting book, it said, find ways to say yes as often as possible. And Mm -hmm. I always kept it in the back of my mind to see how I could say yes. And it really makes for a creative uh, parenting journey when you're constantly looking for ways to say yes instead of, you know, there's there's a thousand reasons to say no. And you're Uh looking for how can I make this a yes? And I think that makes for a very creative and more fulfilling a parenting journey and for uh for for the child as well. So I'm gonna pop over to our caller now. Hello, you're on the air. This is the Everyday Peace Show. I'm Dr. Drayvon James, and our wonderful guest today is Lakita Carroll. Hi, um, great great show, Dr. James. So I have a um, question for your guests, and then also um, if her answer is yes to this question, then I'd like to know. Um, what we do about this. So my question is, do you think that we have a culture today of younger people, um, teens in particular, who at least appear on the surface to be a lot more sensitive than maybe um, generations from the past? Or is it that um, we as older people sort of give them that without understanding that they live in a different culture and time than we do. 
So that's my question. Are we being overly critical? Or are young people more sensitive today than they have been in the past? Okay, so I believe from, if you can, and I'm looking from the African-American history, um, in slavery, there was no choices about feelings and, and um, the way you thought. And then um, for survival, you had to stuff all that anger, that frustration, that aggravation, irritation. That stuff was in check. You could not show it. You could not express it. So then those parents passed it down to their children. It was it was survival. And then their children passed it down. So we're like just three or four generations down away from that. And, yes. Are they more sensitive or is the, the better um, thought is that they are allowed to express it now, that they are allowed to express it? And so we have a quandary here. We do have older people who grew up somewhat still in that. I know I certainly wasn't allowed to have a say, you know, uh, a back and forth about anything, you know. So, but is it bad that they speak up and that they have a say, would it be best for us to show them how to express those feelings mm -hmm. and express, mm -hmm. you know, um, saying it in such a way that it is acceptable, you know, so we can show them how to do it. And one way we show them how to do it is by doing it ourselves, making sure that in the conversation between ourselves and others, when we're upset about something that is not just going from zero to a 150 degrees of anger, you know, automatically I'm mad and I'm going to say something to you. I'm going to, I'm going to have to get this off my chest. Is it possible for us to demonstrate for them, let me calm down. We can talk about it a little bit later and come to the table with a more calmer demeanor. I don't think it's bad for young people to express thoughts, to have questions, to think. I don't think that's bad. I okay. think it's good, but I think how they do it is what you're probably alluding to. Is yeah, it okay to cut you out? No, it's not okay to cut you out. It's not okay. Yeah, I think you, you, you rephrase it better. Of course you have a right to be sensitive because that relates to your feelings. I guess I was talking about in the way that I see um, some young people express it, and it's like they feel like they're entitled to express it that way because – you know, a lot of times what you'll hear is that, well, this is a new day. This is the way it was when you were younger. You know, we have more freedom of expression, yeah. and I think that they we're get gonna, that misconstrued. We're going to come right back. I hate to cut you guys off. I'm so capt captivated. We have a break coming up. Hold on. Call or don't hang up. We'll be right back after this break. Okay. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to our show. We have Lakita Carroll with us today from Parent Train Up. And we have a wonderful guest discussion going on that we had to stop just before the break. Um, I do want to say that um, Lakita Carroll has, I really want you to check out her website at parenttrainup.com. She has a new 
parenting ebook out there. And I know as parents, we're always looking for additional resources so we can do what we do even better, right? We're doing a great job, but we wanna do even better at this very important job. And before we go on with anything else, I do wanna pick up with our with our conversation with our caller because we were just in, the, the dialogue was good. <laughs> so here we are. Um, caller, are you still there? Still here. So okay, what, well, I was, what I was um, saying is that I agree with, with your guest it's it's the way you say it. I and I as before we had to go to the break, I was saying I think part of the way it's spoken is this sense of um entitlement to be free with one's speech and thoughts because, you know, young people are encouraged, as your guest said, to express themselves and I, I think she's absolutely right. That that right you should have that right, but there's a way of going about it. It doesn't matter how old you are or if you are a young adult now, you still have a responsibility to be respectful. And I like what she said about going from 1 to 150 just like that, and that's just not the way to get there. You know, maybe you might get there because you might really be angry, but there's got to be a way that you can slow that down as you you know, as you start to feel that anger. So I just wanted to make that point, that whole concept about entitlement and feeling entitled to be able to say what you want to say because we live in a different era of culture. And I do think what you're saying about entitlement, now that's that's kind of different because that is something um, that is so, um, you know, it's, it's so under, it's like under the cover, You get, it's under the radar. And it's growing as your child grows, and we're not always catching if these young people feel entitled. And so when they get to a certain point and they start saying irrational things like, you know, you uh, you can't take my phone, the one that I'm paying for, right? The parents <laughs> paying for, it. or you know, you can I, I do, uh, you know, I I'm supposed to drive the car. It's my car. It's, it's the car that I'm paying for. And there is that. What's missing is that gratitude that that gratefulness that i have these opportunities and i and i think that may be an uh, underlying thing that parents are dealing with but don't recognize that this is a lack of well i'm going to call it a lack of gratitude because that's what entitlement means is that i get to have what i want when i want mm -hmm. just because and i'm supposed to have it and they come with that attitude to you we have to recognize it and we have to begin to Take some steps to dismantle that um, um, that entitlement. So now we have two things because you said something. I want to get to those three C's of conflict that we talked about, but also over here on this, how do we take out this entitlement? Because it is, I believe, destroying young people. You know, they they're coming out thinking like I've heard someone say, you know. Um, the older people, you know, we can't have because housing costs much. We can't buy our houses because the older people, you know, whatever it is that older people did. And all of this blaming older people for it. I never dreamed of blaming older people for the way the world is. It's, it is what it is. It's the way it is, you know, and stuff. And my response to that is then you have to figure out in this environment how you're going to get the things that you want. That's mm -hmm. your task. That's not, you know, I've gotten that house. You have to figure it out. They can't come out of school and get a $500,000 home 
uh, without, you know, a job. You can't do it. It's, it's mathematically, it doesn't usually work out. So that's that. We have to be conscientious of ourselves when we're giving these young people everything, and nothing really is expected back from them. Now that's that's a whole different issue. So. Mm. And I remember a young person saying to me that her mother, mother gave her a car, mother paid for all of her college, she came out of college, mother paid for everything because her, uh, her father had left the mother some, grandfather left mother some money, a lot of money I assume, so she paid for college, she paid for some other things, and the young lady was saying to me that she could have paid for my birthday party, and I really oh. just straight up, I just oh. said to her, whose birthday was it? It wasn't your your mother's birthday. It was your birthday. You wanted the party. You're in your 20s or 30s or whatever you're in. It's your job to get yourself what you want. You know, now that sounds a little rough. It sounds a little strong. But, you know, what more should the woman do? My goodness. I love this conversation. And I'm sure there are a lot of parents sitting at home chuckling a little bit and maybe a little a few tears, too, because entitlement is something that we don't want. I, I just want to interject. I, I agree with you. It used to be a point in time when we look at the older generation and thank them for yeah. what they did to make it possible, right? But mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes there's this phrase that I have, um, and, which is sometimes the easier life gets, um, the harder we mm-hmm. make it, right? <laughs> you know, when life mm-hmm. was really, really, really hard, I think we had a lot more appreciation. Things have gotten a lot easier. They're not easy, but they've gotten a lot easier. And so we've mm-hmm. become a little softer. We take things a little more for granted. You know, there's something to be said to uh, for that generation who had to put a lot of effort forth to get a little bit of something. Mm-hmm. But, and I think the antidote is that is to point out the things that they have, you know, turn, talk to them, let them see people who are homeless, you know, listen, listen, what do you think it feels like to be out there? You know, um, how do you think people get to this place? I think everybody wants to be warm in the middle of the winter time. You know, no one wants to be out here on ice and stuff so that they can start becoming aware of um, that you're here, but this is called blessed. This is not called, you know, that you're required or someone has to do this for you and and, um, dog yourself as you become an adult and make sure that you have all the things that you need. You know, I'm I'm completely in agreement. Even just because you have a lot as a parent don't mean that you should not require young people wash your clothes, young people do this, do that. They need to have responsibilities and be held to those responsibilities. But let's go over to quickly the three C's of conflict so that we can, you know, kind of um, hit that before we get out. Is that okay with you, Don? That's wonderful. We're going to talk about the three C's of conflict to, uh, for conflict provi- prevention. Wonderful. I would love to have us talk about that. Okay. So the first thing, parents, you know, your child comes in and, and they say something ridiculous like, well, if you hadn't, if you hadn't had your phone on the plug, my phone wouldn't have gone out, out, uh, out of energy or whatever. Whatever thing that they're doing, we can start with breathing in and out because, you know, the first thing you want to do is just put them straight, you know. Just breathe in, breathe out. For any problem, all problems, start with just calming yourself down. It's not important to – you don't want to just undo everything you've ever done by cussing them out from – up from the ceiling on down. You don't want to do that. You don't want to get into name calling. And then you want to clarify. 
So the first step is let's start asking some questions. Calming, and the reason you're doing that, you heard them correcting. You're being calm, and you want them to get calm. So you want to say, clarify. So what did you say? What did you say to me? What are you talking about? When did you have your phone on? When did you take it off? Where is your your stuff at? Your, et cetera, et cetera. Just calm, asking questions, clarifying, clarifying, because they may come to you with a lot of energy, but in actuality, they may be trying to say something different. It's not what you think it is. And we want, don't want to slouch the handle and go into a whole different arena because the child, you know, uh, because they are over there in that arena. So we want to clarify first. Make sure we're all arguing and trusting about the same issue. Is that, can, did you understand that, Doctor? Yeah, are you, absolutely. Okay. That clarification, you want to be there, you want to get that breathing together. I think the beginning with the breath, with everything in life, would, would make so much, uh, everything so much better. <laughs> more, more, it's almost like, I call it like the matrix, matrix effect, you know, from the movie. It helps to slow things down so you could see it more objectively, right? Yes. Yeah. Thank you for that, mm -hmm. because it makes a big difference on how we, how we, how we, approach these topics with our children and I, I especially want to say the part about you know getting in there and starting you know responding with that robust anger uh-huh it sort of, it sort of out, uh, undo, undoes everything that you did to make this journey yeah right? because they only remember that last thing you know they they will pare mm -hmm. down their whole experience to this last two you know, two hours of arguing, like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I, you know, so give yourself that grace. 100%, I agree with that, 100%. So talk to us a little bit about um, the new parenting ebook and where where our listeners can get that and what it's all about. Okay, so what we actually have, Dr. Devon, is a parenting assessment for teens. So parents go out, take the assessment, and then we'll recommend three. We have the ebooks broken down to different subjects. So that you're only going to be getting um, information on the areas that you are weaker in. So you don't have to read through a whole bunch of stuff. You're just going to get the areas that you're weaker in. If you need to build your relationship, you will get you will get this ebook, and it will have so many different types of uh, recommendations and strategies for you to use. Simple, easy stuff, but based on your parenting style. So. Um, and they can go out to parentstrainup.com and it's right out there. They can get it there. So I love that. So you you fill out the survey and you fit and you only have to you don't have to read through everything if that's not your issue. Mm -hmm. You don't have to read about that. You read about no. just the concerns that you're having between you and the adolescent that you were raising. Because I think that's really exactly. wonderful. Yeah. Because one thing we don't have a lot of as parents of teenagers is a lot of time. So this sort of breaks it down a little bit. Now, I know you've mm -hmm. got something, uh, a new grant in, in your area. with. Oh, parents. yes. Yeah, we're really excited about that. Now, uh, Dr. Javon, we have a 501c3. It's called uh, Save Our Youth. So I Save Our Youth. And so we were awarded a, a grant, a two-year grant, to provide counseling into the St. Louis, in the St. Louis City, St. Louis County area to um, young people from the ages of five to 19 years of age. Now, if someone, for example, we just started actually this month receiving and accepting clients and we, um, we feel we probably will be able to serve about from 100 
and 50, well, about 150 to 200 people, 200 families. And so that's what we can, um, we're looking forward to doing that. So we've already started, and you can get that. You can contact us through Parents Train Up, and then it's Parents Train Up Save Our Youth so that you can, um, if you want, would like to have received counseling. And here's the great thing about that is that it's free. It's all free. So literally, you will receive um, free therapy for your teenagers and your young people. Right, and this is starting at age five. That's beautiful. Five to, yes, five to the age of um, 19 years of age. And so I, we're, looking, we're looking forward to it. And again, we can do from a hundred. So in, in a way, it sounds like a lot of people, but when you look at how many people are in St. Louis, it's not a lot. It's a drop in the bucket. 150 uh, children to one to 200. That's what we're our goal is 176, is to reach 176 families. Oh, this is beautiful. And I was going to say, I firmly believe, too, the earlier you can start with intervention, um, the longer you have the child. Oh, home, that's the right. The impact, the, you know, and it, it's better all the way around for the child, for the parents, for mm -hmm. everyone, for the community. So I think that's wonderful that the grant starts with um, such a, a young age of being able to get enrolled in the program, and, and how long? How long again is the grant going to go on? This grant will be um, will cover a two year period. Now we can run out of money before the two year period, but literally, if a person started this month, they can have two years of counseling for free. And counseling is expensive. You know, you can pay well, uh, you can pay as little as thirty dollars a month for you know. Um, that's like a hundred, still 120 a month, thirty dollars a week. I'm sorry, it's still 120 a month to 200 dollars or more uh, a week. And so it's it's a wide range, but you can it, it it's going to cost. It can cost you. We don't have a um, at this point. There is no like requirement of income. In other words, you have to be so destitute. You just you know we don't have that. We're fortunate that we're able. If you just live within some zip codes and within the age limit, then you're eligible for the counseling. Oh, that, that's wonderful. You're right. Mm -hmm. uh, counseling can be expensive. And when parents have to make the decision between, you know, keeping the lights on or, you know, keeping the children fed in a healthy way or paying for counseling, we know that oftentimes counseling goes by the wayside. Not mm -hmm. that it isn't important, but so it's great that, uh, that our society is reaching out and there are grants like this available. So kudos to you you and your organization for doing the work to get the grant to be able to provide the services. I know that is a, a hefty uh, feat in it of itself. So let's yes, you, you've been dancing around. And I want, Go ahead. I want to talk one more, uh, the last thing. We have the stay calm, clarify, and then we want to be consistent. You know, and be consistent. And when I say that, we don't want to do any dishwashing. That means you throw everything that happened. Something happened last week, we're going to put it into this argument. Something happened four years ago and still in this argument. We're not doing that. We're just going to stick and be consistently talking about the issue at hand, just this simple issue and not, you know, four or five different things. So, you know, that and that would be my last is to be consistent, just stay on task, stay focused on the one issue. And if you can, come to a resolution, you know, a resolution. You know, back in the day, a long time, Dr. Dre, well, maybe not a long time ago, because I'm sure people are still doing it. It was only the parents' way. It's my way or the highway. That was the only way it was going to 
the situation is going to come up. But fortunately, to me, that puts a lot of pressure on parents that you have to be right. Fortunately, now we can say, well, let's take a look at it and let's see what's the best answer for this family. You know, not just my way, but these young people have ideas and information that is important. Oh, and I think that's so important too, taking that pressure off the parents because, I, and I too was was raised, you know, a traditional home, uh, you know, was my mom's way or or the highway, and um, so. But times have changed a lot. A lot of that has to do with you know just the evolution of mankind. We have computers, we have social media, we've got all this going on now. But I do agree that having this mindset where well we're we are coming and I want to hear from you. It does take a lot of pressure off of parents because my goodness, it is really challenging to do all that we do as far as providing for the home and the children and keeping up with everything that's going on. Uh, you know, social media has made the world start moving at such an incredible pace. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. would be foolish to believe that we have all of the information or even most mm-hmm. of the information about anything. No, right, right. And to just, you know, and I think, too, Dr. Javon, if we've been, well, we've lived through this pandemic and so many people have passed on, and now, you know, um, even young people are getting this um, COVID and stuff and getting very sick, so I'm passing on as well. If If ever there was a time in life where we begin to recognize that today may be the last day, and so we want to handle this day with some joy and peace. I know this joy and peace, bringing that into our daily lives so that when we approach our children, you know, we won't have to struggle to take that deep breath. It will come naturally. If on a daily basis we make it our primary goal to do it, to um interact with our young people from a place of peace, from a place of calm, from a place of openness and love, then we, I mean, that's like 95% of your job is already done. It's just done. And and that harkens back to your very um, point from the very beginning, seeing the beauty in our teenagers. And, you know, what you're saying right now is um, something that I try to practice even today with two children in college is to always look at this, whatever the this is, you know, you have young people Mm -hmm. in your life, you have older people in your life there's always something going on right and but to try to look at it in in the fact that I'd rather be in the middle of this situation with you as unpleasant as this situation is than not have you and Mm, I like that right and so that kind of gets you calmed down I remember when I was in college I'll say this really quickly because I'm sure a lot of people remember this is way back in the in the 80s but there was a a joke that was going around where somebody wrote a letter to their parent and they said, oh, all these horrible things, you know, I, I wrecked the car, I, you know, I, I, um, all these horrible things have happened to me, right? And so mm-hmm. the parents are just aghast. They can't believe all this happens. And at the very end of the story, it says, I'm failing biology. <laughs> right? and so when you get to the end of all of these horrible things that this teenager has told you has happened to you know, she. Oh my gosh! You're like, oh my gosh! How much, how how much worse can this get? And the and at the end, none of that was true. I just wanted to let you know that I'm failing biology. You're like, oh, you're failing biology? Is that it? Okay, that we can work on, right? But back to, back to your point, right? It's all it's all relative. It's like, okay, this is a huge problem. Is it really? 
right? So it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Let's just yeah. take a breath and let's take a breath. And I believe mm-hmm. if I love you, you love me. I trust you. You trust me. We'll figure mm-hmm. this out. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yes, yes. Is it that big of a problem? I mean, really, I can't. I mean, so many parents get fixated on the bed is not made in the morning. It's like I just can't. From in my brain, I couldn't really get there with you. <laughs> that that's just such a major problem. That um, and I think everybody needs a list. We all should just write a list of all the terrible things that can happen, and then at the bottom. She didn't make her bed. Right. Let's put it in right. perspective. Let's put it right. in perspective. And, and something we started off with, you talk, you mentioned about the fear. And I will tell you that a lot of that, I think, is not even related to the bed. It's, you know, I'm, I'm, as a mom, like as I said, I still, I'm not that far out the woods. I got two college students. And I would think to myself, well, if you don't show discipline, <laughs> in the small things, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're mm-hmm. all way down, you know, we're we're seeing you at 40 and saying, you know, you can mm-hmm. but really to come back to this present moment and see this amazing kid that's doing so many amazing things and this mm-hmm. one tiny thing, they'll get it together. What they really mm-hmm. need is to know, and I love this that you said, I hope all of our listeners take walk away with this, is that when we're doing all that bickering and nagging with a child hears is I don't trust you. You're inconsistent. You're incapable. I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. You're incapable. We don't mm-hmm. want to give that message to our to our young people who mm-hmm. will soon be going out into the world. We we don't want them to feel have this self image to say I'm untrustworthy and I am incapable. No. Yes. No. And uh, when you you were just talking about like showing them that you are disciplined, that comes down to let's go back to that word being consistent, and that means that. When you set up a consequence or something, stick to it. If you have a rule, stick to it. We teach we teach consistency by being consistent with the rules. Don't have sliding rules, new rules that, that benefit you. I'm the parent, so now that I'm going to put a new rule in place so that because it benefits me, it prevents me from feeling fear. Pre- you know, that kind of stuff, you know, the child is going to test you because now they start figuring out where is where are the boundaries. But if we put them in place and keep them in place and be very consistent with the boundaries, then they learn. They learn how to be consistent and they learn how to be disciplined. You know, we, we're saying, well, you know, they clean, clean, clean and all of those chores and stuff. And that's going to teach them to be, you know, con- uh, um, disciplined. But it's also in how we are parenting them. You know, if, if, it's, if curfew is that, 12 in the evening, at nighttime or whatever, 11, whatever it is, then let's be consistent about it. That's, and let's not go overboard and, and, and be really, really, you can only go, you can't be outside after 7 o'clock at night, you know. Let's be really, really fair about it and be consistent. And we teach them discipline by holding those rules or consequences or whatever, holding it in place with kindness, with love, and with generosity that we just keep things in place instead of moving all around because they're not learning how to follow rules and guidelines and sticking to and saying focus on what needs to be done and when it needs to be done and getting it done. Oh, 
Lakita, we could I could have you on this show every week, and we still would have room to talk about more, because uh, the, the our children are our most valuable asset for the future, not for just us individual parents who we're blessed to have them in our lives, but for for the world indeed. And the job that we do as parents, it's so very important. I want to thank you mm-hmm. for the work that you do. Please give us your website again, and how our parents and grandparents, aunties and uncles can visit your site. Okay, you only need to. Um... Go to parentstrainup.com. We have a blog there that has information on parenting. We also have the um, parenting assessment, and we have the e-books there. Um, soon to come, we do have some videos uh, type called Pump the Parents, and we're in the process of putting um, those videos together to for parents to see parenting in action and therapy, um, parents who are getting therapy for their children and seeing issues resolved there. And then we also have in the world, you know, parenting, um, a parenting assessment for children and parents, and also ebooks coming for them as well. So we're busy working, we're doing a lot, and I just really enjoy doing what I'm doing. Oh, thank you so very much. This is this is Everyday Peace. I'm Dr. Drayvon James. I want to remind you of the three C's we went over again for um, preventing conflict with our teenagers. They're calm. Clarity mm-hmm. and consistent. That leads us mm-hmm. into our free master class on mastering confrontation this Thursday. You can check that out by either going to my website and getting registered for this free master class or visiting Everyday Peace on Facebook and registering for mastering confrontation. Thank you for being here with us. I absolutely love you. Thank you for being an Everyday Peacemaker. We'll talk next week. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.